our life is defined by our breath. Our first breath, our last breath, that's our life. And our aliveness or life energy is our breath. So to me, it's like so flippin' simple that if you change the way you're breathing, you're changing the way you're living. And so many of us are going through the world and we're barely breathing. Really, the breath brings us into the present moment. And when we get really present, we start to become aware of the things that are in the way of what we're really going for. This is Aliveness, the show that explores how to create the changes you need to make to experience the sense of aliveness you're longing for and how the power of plant medicine can accelerate that process for you. I'm your host, Allison Crossway, a guide and former psychotherapist here to empower you to break out of your old patterns, shift into a new state of being, and ignite your aliveness. So how does one introduce a person? It's kind of a daunting task. Jen breathes, as humans do, and she breathes with conscious connection. And I use those words specifically, and I think she's going to share more with us about what they mean. Jen teaches others and holds space for them to breathe. And in so doing, connect with life, themselves, and truth. She is trained in breath work and also internal family systems, trauma-informed work, holistic nutrition, and so much more. She is a true healer healing herself first. And we're going to talk about this as well. I'm so honored to have you, Jen, uh, as a breathwork facilitator in Expand and Empower. And I'm also someone who's experienced powerful and profound connections to myself in the space that you hold. So I'm thrilled you're here today to inspire and teach us about breathing and life and aliveness. Welcome. Mm, Thank you so much. What an intro. Wow. (laughs) I'm really happy to be here. So Jen, I was reading your website to prepare for this and I was so moved by your story that I didn't know until I went and read it. Can you share with us about the beginning of your journey of healing? Yeah, I guess uh, my journey of healing started very young for me. When I was about two, I had an adverse reaction to a vaccine and was hospitalized. And like, just that sent me on this trajectory of uh, chronic health problems. So eczema, asthma, multiple chemical sensitivities. I was kind of a bubble child. So I knew a lot in the early years of my life about feeling restricted in my body and having no choice but to control my environment and control, you know, my food and and all these other things. So fast forward to me being about 16 and I was in and out of the hospital for a whole year. The doctors thought I was making up what was going on with me and I finally, you know, marched down the stairs and I said to my mom, I, I won't put up with this. Like, I want to live my life. I want to have a boyfriend. I want to, you know, 
be free and like be able to wear shorts and like all these things that I had that were restricted for me. And she said, okay, I don't know what to do. And I, I ended up in the newspaper. I found a clipping that said the natural doctor. And I went to this man, he had a cabin in the woods. He had like a wood stove in the back and he was an old school, like homeopath, naturopath. And I'll never forget the first day I went to see him. I'm sitting across from him and he just said to me, like, I want you to know you're not sick. Your body can totally heal. It just needs some support, but I think I know how to help you. And like, that was the first time in my entire life that I had any hope that I would ever be better. So that was kind of the catalyst or the foray into my healing journey, which has since led me down all sorts of paths of spirituality and breathwork and therapy and, you know, all of the different layers that you meet along your healing journey. But yeah, it started, started quite young for me. Yeah, it really did. And I want to know, like, did he help you? He did help me. I mean, yes. Like the, the initial things he gave me within two weeks, I'd say I was like 50% better. Wow. What I didn't know at that time is that I was about to go through like (laughs) a decade of detoxing from all of the pharmaceuticals and everything that I had taken and used over the years. So he was very supportive and he really did help me a lot with my physical healing and, and really helped me to understand what it means to detoxify your body and support your body to do what it already knows how to do. So he did really help. And he was the initial catalyst into many other health explorations after that. And it sounds like he was a real paradigm shift. Yes. And that's exactly it. He changed my mind. He implanted in my mind that it was possible for me to heal and that I could, that I wasn't sick and I wasn't broken because up until that point, everything I had heard was the opposite. So yes, exactly. Massive paradigm shift. And once that that seed gets planted in your mind of a new possibility. I mean, I was obsessed. I I felt like a brand new life opened up in front of me. I was like, let's go. I told my mom, I was like, mom, I want to see him every week. And she was like, I don't think you need new, <laughs> new herbs and things every week. And I was like, I don't care. So I went every week and he taught me things. Wow. Yeah. Cause it just opened up a brand new world. That's amazing. So this seems like a really obvious question, but can you tell me about the time when you came to understand the connection between breath and life or healing? Yeah, sure. I was in British Columbia and I was running a women's retreat with a a woman named Samantha Skelly, who is an amazing breath worker. And she kind of tagged me in and said, Hey, like, I'm going to breathe these 30 women 
three times over the course of this retreat. And uh, I'm going to need like, I'm going to need some support and like, can you co-facilitate? And I, at that time, I didn't really know what that meant. And she kind of very quickly, like just tagged me in. (laughs) And so here I am and I'm, I'm meeting all these women on this retreat who are, you know, going through different experiences in their lives, places where they felt really stuck. They're really trying to be more of themselves, but they just are struggling to get there. And I'll never forget like the first breath work, we go into this yoga studio and everyone's breathing. And the, the feeling I felt in my body of overwhelming power, release, relief. Like I felt these women erupt with emotion and things they didn't even know were stuck in them. Mm-hmm. And, and I just had this like uh, innate sense of like deep pain, acknowledging like the deep pain that, that these women were moving through and that I I was somehow really good at being with that and really fascinated about how how the breath could bring us to this place of just like offloading this gunk that was stuck. And so after that session, I went for a walk outside, I came back in and all of these women came to dinner like they were bright and shiny and expressive and in their bodies. And I just be, I just sat there like, wow, cool. How cool that, you know, we did an hour of breathing and like these human beings like literally came to life. So we did two more sessions throughout that weekend and I watched the women walk out that door of the retreat center as totally different people. And they went back to their lives and they left partners, changed careers, like made big shifts in their, you know, realities from that place of knowing themselves as, as different. So So that was my, my initial foray into breath work. (laughs) So, so often I hear people, and I've certainly been in this place myself, where I'm like, okay, so I got to figure this out. Like, what do I got to do to solve my problem? Whatever it is, make this change, get this relationship, whatever it is. And that doesn't work. I think we all can (laughs) agree it doesn't work. I love the way you describe this because they didn't – do, they didn't have whiteboards out. They didn't figure things out. They didn't weigh pros and cons. Like, how does it work that the breath changes their life? Hmm. Yeah. Well, the breath, like, j- just to paint the importance of our breath, our our life is defined by our breath. Our first breath, our last breath. That that is that's our life. And our aliveness or life energy is our breath. So to me, it's like so flippin' simple that if you change the way you're breathing, you're changing the way you're living. You're changing the way you're existing. And so many of us are going through the world and we're barely breathing. Really, the breath brings us into the present moment. And when we get really present, 
we start to become aware of, of the things that are in the way of what we're really going for. So I'll give you an example. You really want love. You've been waiting. You're waiting for the partner. When are they going to show up? But when you get really present with your body, and your body does not lie, if you come in with an intention of, I'm going for love, your body is going to show you exactly what is holding you back from that. Maybe it's like your heart is like armored with layers of protection. And so when you start to breathe and you start to open up your chest space, it's like, like there's just layers of pain and grief that have been there for a really long time. And so I think this new paradigm of healing that we're in right now is realizing that we can't figure all this out. We have to let our body's innate intelligence and wisdom, which we tap into through breathing, guide our, guide our way and guide our path. And to trust that the body is its own self-healing mechanism. So why wouldn't, why wouldn't it do what it needs to do if we give it the right support and the right space? So much trust, eh? Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so Jen, tell me about a time when you felt really alive. Hmm. A time I felt really alive. I mean, I've gone to Burning Man a few times, and that was quite <laughs> that was quite an experience in aliveness. Wow. But I think for me, I, I love dancing. I've always loved dancing, and so I think dance is like the sweet spot for me of breath meets movement meets music meets surrender and. I just find it like brings me to life in a way that I, I haven't been able to access otherwise. And I dance a lot. So I would say that every time I do, it brings me closer and closer to that place of aliveness, which I think is our body's natural. It wants to be alive. Yeah. If we get out of our heads long enough, I've taught a ton of movement practices over the years because I've been such a dancer and advocate of dancing. And you see people and it's like the second they can get out of their head, their body starts to do very weird and interesting things. And it's like, I see it as this, uh, it's like coming to life. It's coming to life. It wants to be alive. It's a creature. And we just like we get our heads in the way. Oh, I can't, I can't move like that. Like someone's going to look at me weird or think that I'm losing it or, you know, we have all these restrictions and rigidities around how we express ourselves. And I think that feeling alive is like letting, letting those uh, restrictions go. How do you understand these restrictions? Like we've got the mind and mm. it's rigid and it's keeping us like, what do people think? And, and then we let go of it and we become these amazing creatures. I love that word. 
So what's going on? Why is the mind in our way so much? Hmm. I think the best way for me to answer that is from like my own life experience. And I think for a really long time, my mind was really controlling my life because it was optimizing for safety. And I had a lot of fear, obviously, being a, a sick kid who never knew if they were okay or if it was safe to be in their body or safe to be in the world for that matter. So I think that until I finally started to understand the mind and understand that it was just trying to constantly keep me safe and okay, once I started to realize that, then I could be like, okay, what is, what is the other way? But I think most of us are kind of going through the world like quite unconscious and unaware of what is actually happening. So something happens when you start to be like, wait a second, why am I thinking that? Or what's going on there? Or for me, it was a big, my, my mind was running my life because I wasn't spending very much time building a relationship with my body or with my intuition or with my knowing or with spirit, or with anything else that could be a voice for me, or a, a point of guidance, we'll say, or affirmation. So I think a lot of the reason why our lives are being led by our minds is on one hand, survival and safety, and on another hand, because we just haven't taken enough time to develop our other senses and our other intelligences. We've just relied so heavily on our intellect sure. that we've m completely missed out on like everything else that has its own incredible way of leading us towards goodness and well-being. Man, I could listen to you talk all day. It's so comforting. <laughs> my, my personal musings on life. <laughs> well, based on a lot of exploration. Yeah, my all of my knowings are are knowings. You know, they're not I've never right. felt like a very super intellectual person. It's like the things I have come to understand in my life, I've come to understand through embodied experience. And when you say when you're talking, I can feel that. Mm. And it's almost a paradox because we're we're talking about getting out of the mind. But we're I know. talking, and this has been why I've resisted even doing something like this for a while, because I think the last thing the world needs is another podcast. And the more work I do, the less I can even listen to podcasts. So, but mm. it comes across in how you speak. So I find that really profound. Mm. Yeah, thank you. So let's get into breath work a little bit to help people understand, yeah. because often when I say to my clients, we're going to do breath work, everybody says they've done breath work, but it can mean so many different things. And people think of pranayama, they think of holotropic, they think of all these things. Can you tell me about breath work as you practice it? Yeah, sure. The way I sort of describe it is that there's kind of like two pathways of, of breath work in the world. And there, there's functional breathing, which is do this box breathing practice, try this specific technique, 
only breathe through your nose, you know, tape your mouth at night. There are these like techniques that you can use to shift the way you're breathing, to shift how your nervous system is functioning. That's all really good too. Then there's this whole other path, which is like therapeutic breathing, Mm. where you breathe in a specific pattern over and over and over again in a set container. So even holotropic breathing breathing or breath work is not a specific breathing style. It's actually the container Mm. that you breathe in. That's really what defines it. So in this case, we use a breathing technique called conscious connected breath, which is very, it's basically you breathe in through your mouth, into your belly in a flowing breathing manner. So the breath just moves from the inhale to the exhale. And I like to imagine it's like you're breathing in a circle Mm. and you breathe that way over the course of usually about 45 minutes to an hour. And you breathe along to evocative music as they like to call it. (laughs) And there's a whole like set procedure that you go through where you ground, we start breathing slowly, we build up the breath, we activate the nervous system, and then we slow down the music, we slow down the breath, and we bring the nervous system back down again. And what this simulates is is sort of a a slight roller coaster ride, but also this you have this experience of activating your nervous system enough, just enough, to start to bring things that are kind of stuck in your in your body system up to the surface to be released but we just take you to to this like sweet spot like if you've ever heard of the window of tolerance we're bringing you to this place where you're not so overwhelmed and you're in fight or flight and you're like panicky you've just got energy in your system where you can kind of address the the stress or the excess energy or the unprocessed things that are, I like to call them the undigested material that's hanging out in your unconscious, in your subconscious, in your body system. So therapeutic breath work, everyone does it slightly differently. Everyone's got their own kind of way of doing it. But the intention is that you have this set container, people breathe continuously and often it brings you to a really profound place of healing. Mm-hmm. And it, and every time you do it, it will be very different depending on the day. I can vouch for that, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the first time I encountered this type of breathing that you're talking about, it was a form of holotropic. And they put, I think you probably know the container, they put like cushions under us and we were screaming to the point, and they were encouraging us to scream as we breathe. And it was actually hurting my heels. <laughs> mm-hmm. There was a lot of quite physical pain. So then when I, so that's what I thought was breath work. And it was a very powerful experience, but also not one I'm going to do that often. And then I experienced your breath work and was really moved by the difference in the energy, by by the softness. And then you mentioned to me that one of the unique features of how you work is a more feminine approach. I was wondering if mm. you could speak to that in particular. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think the, when breathwork was first, you know, getting started and coming around, a big theme was like, get people to catharsis, you know, have them scream it out, rage it out, ball it out. Like it's all about the expression of emotion and the bigger, the better. And, you know, if it looks like you're going to cry, we're going to pound on your chest until you cry it out. And, you know, like that's one approach. (laughs) And I remember when I was first, you know, kind of finding my way into the breathwork world, I was like, wow, like some of the experiences I had were very intense and very overwhelming. And I just had this feeling of like, I don't think we need to take it to that place. Also, you know, there's been so many studies over the past few years about trauma and really understanding how to work with people's trauma. And we know now that taking people deep into catharsis can really overwhelm the nervous system and potentially re-traumatize people. So we don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And actually, I have a beautiful mentor named Trevor who lives in Calgary, and he just has such a sensitive approach to working with people's nervous systems. Yes, let's like, let's bring things up to the surface, but like gently, gently so you can digest it slowly, you know, instead of like, whatever, scream it out. And that, and that works for some people. And I know both of us have had chapters in our healing journeys where that was like, (laughs) that was an important piece, but I just think now it doesn't have to look like that. Yeah. That's one of the many reasons I feel like our work is so aligned is that the, one of the trauma healing words that I use a lot is titration. You know, we Mm -hmm. only need a little bit. We only need to softly love a little bit more, open a little bit more. And yeah, yeah those, those all-out containers, they can be fun for certain types of people at certain times in life, but not necessary in any way. Yeah. And the reality is that someone could even think about breathing deeply and have an experience in their, in their system you know? So we don't need, we are overstimulated in this world. We don't need that much stimulation. (laughs) We just need a little bit. It's true. It's so true. And I think for me personally, the pandemic has been the healing and the, you could call it integration. You could call it healing the decrease in stimulation from a number of years of you could call it overstimulation where for the sake of healing, I went into fight or flight and Mm -hmm. I've had to kind of layer by layer actually feel what was actually happening for me in those moments. And it's changed how I work with people quite dramatically. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. I, I feel like, you know, the question I always ask myself is like, what is the medicine that these people need right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think for the past few years, it's just like 
we need to be nurtured. We need to be held. We need to just have like someone put a cozy blanket around us and give us a little cuddle, you know, because it's just been all so much. I know from my many years of being on my own healing journey that it's just, it's just straight up a lot. It's a lot to be moving through. And so I think for people to have a place where they can come and, and move through things in a, in a gentle way and to feel held feels really, really important to me. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you mentioned medicine because I want to touch on microdosing for a moment like literal medicine, uh, I see work with psilocybin, microdosing as like sibling work to breath work. Like it's like two different energies from the same parents going in the same direction. And I'd love to hear any thoughts you have about the relationship between the two practices. Mm, yeah. I, I definitely feel like mushrooms and breath work take us into this same like altered state of consciousness mm -hmm. where all kinds of magical new pathways and connections and things can be made. And, and I see both of them as this like bridging. They're, they're both like bridges. They're bridging the spirit and the earth together. And so I feel like there is such a beautiful harmony to doing work with microdosing and, and with mushrooms. And then having the breath is this like constant, constantly accessible tool to keep you connected to that, the other world that we can access, you know, the, the, the altered state of consciousness, which is really like just expanding your awareness of the world and seeing things in a different way. Totally. One of the reasons I think it's so important in the work that I do with the mushrooms to do breath work alongside is it's one of the top practices that I feel does relate so much. And so you realize you don't need the mushrooms. Yes. And this is what's so important to me. Ultimately, this isn't mm -hmm. about dependence or needing anything. This is about connection to ourselves. And once you start to recognize those experiences, and then my clients will breathe and they'll say, I remember one call we were on and they all said, oh, I feel like I'm in ceremony again. And it was like amazing. They were reactivating those pathways, which is really powerful. Yeah. Thanks so much for saying that. That That is exactly it. Like you nailed it there. Ultimately, once we learn how to surrender through our own resistance to the present and to what is alive here and now, beyond our minds, daily thinking thoughts. Yeah, then we can access that place without, without anything. But the mushrooms are such a beautiful, oh, just like a beautiful way to open yourself to that place and to learn how to get there. Yes, I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're such a great teacher. Mm-hmm. 
So Jen, what's juicy for you right now in your life? What's juicy for me? Oh God. That you want to share. <laughs> Lots of juice. What's juicy for me? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm really uh, I'm really exploring the world of tantra more now. So I'm very curious about once you come to this place of you know deep connection to yourself and the present and your breath and what's it like to meet another in that space and to co-create with your energy and to dance and you know tantra and breathwork have very similar like philosophies around merging spirit and earth and i i'm pretty like juiced up about that right now. <laughs> I'm learning a lot. I feel like a total like newbie, which is fun for me because I I think it's great to have something brand new to just mm-hmm. dabble in and feel like a kindergartner. So yeah, it's been it's been a really fun exploration and I'm really learning a lot about what it means to be like a secure adult in relation to the other. So (laughs) that's like maybe side tangent, but I think like that's what is kind of lighting me up and exciting me right now. Because ultimately, as you work on your relationship with yourself and things start changing in your relationship with yourself and you mature in your relationship with yourself and you open possibilities with your relationship with yourself, you can then take all of those things and apply them to all the other relationships in your life, your relationship with money, your relationship with sex, with whoever, work. So I think I'm in that time of, I feel like I've reached a really like special place of mastery, I'd say. I'm not, I'm not a master, but like with my relationship with myself. And now my work is really, how do I show up in relation to all these other things in my life? That's beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. So Jen, thank you so much for this conversation. I feel so lit up by it. Also, thank you for holding space for so many of my clients, Mm. for me, and for so many others. Jen has a monthly Mm. community breathwork that I cannot recommend highly enough. The energy is just superb. And I know you have a breathwork offering for us. Can you tell us about that and where we can find you? Yeah, of course. Um, There's a I believe it's about a 20-minute breathwork journey that if you sign up on the link that Allison will give you, uh, you can get that and that will give you a really great taste of what it looks like or feels like to take a short breathwork journey, keeping in mind that when I do it in like a full space, it's about double the length. So that's available to you. And then I'm kicking around on Instagram so you can find me there. I'm sure Allison will have my my handle. I'll be dancing a lot. Always just easier to communicate through my body sometimes. I have a website, jenmansell.com, so you can check that out. And if you have any other questions, 
you're welcome to ask, but I, I think the best thing with breathwork is just to try it. Just lay down, get the recording, breathe, and you'll know. I always tell people you'll know if it's your, if it's for you very quickly. Thank you so much, Jen. Thanks for having me. It's been an honor. If this episode of Aliveness resonated with you, I would be so grateful if you would leave a review on your podcast app. Reviews make it possible for me to connect with more people just like you who are looking for inspiration and guidance on their journey to create a full, juicy life filled with aliveness. Be sure to subscribe so you get all the juicy episodes to come. And if you have a friend who is deep into their personal growth and healing journey, share this podcast with them too. Now go out and experience the aliveness that's here for you today. If what I'm sharing in this episode is resonating with you, take the next step on your journey and join me for a free workshop where I'll share how to get results with microdosing, what the process looks like, and answer your biggest questions like, is it safe and will I feel high? You can register for this experience by visiting alisoncrosswaitcom slash microdosing talk.